Hey, what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome to the 100th edition of Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fairservice, and we are here for a very special uh, last episode before spring training begins. Uh, now, I lied. It's not really that special. It's just, um, well, it's me, and it's, uh, uh, as always... An old reliable. Mr. Andrew Stoughton, Stoughton, how are you? I'm not unwell. Uh, 100 episodes. Way to go. Congratulations. Congratulations to you. Some of them are... Uh... We're like those solo ones we were doing, so it doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't. Really they count. all count. I guess it counts. One of them. One of them was when uh, I was basically solo, but you were still there as well. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think I was quite there. I was, somebody brought I, that one up recently. They were like, "You should do another one of those." Uh, which no, I couldn't I do one of those if I tried. That 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 <laughs> takes a special kind of day for that to happen. Maybe I felt uh, bad. <laughs> maybe I, the World I, Cup will get there. I felt bad uh, not. Uh, because you had to edit yourself in that state, which I imagine was a real come to Jesus moment. It was. Um, it really was. <laughs> it was horrible. It was really bad. It was really bad because I edited uh, out a lot of the worst of that. You know, I know. I, I don't just, really I remember don't. as much, yeah. but it was pretty great. Uh, but speaking of pretty great, the Blue Jays <laughs> have had a pretty great February yeah. as far as acquiring players go. So you don't get to say that very often. No, you sure don't. You're really, but, uh, you're really trying to win February. That's your, uh, that's your off-season objective. Get some good. Well, you know, it's it's like um, it's find like, some stuff uh, in the trash bin. Uh, February winning February is like uh, Kamchatka in Risk. Like once you win it, you just like the rest of the pieces just start to fall uh, in front of you, and uh, off you go. Uh, risk references are what keep the machine run. I don't even know how to play Risk. I think I. <laughs> Truth be told. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't But yeah, J.P. Howell's a Blue Jay. Joe Smith is a Blue Jay. Just like we always say, that making building a bullpen is really easy, um, other than all the times that it's not. And also, you can just do it on the fly. So that's it. That's the episode for today. <laughs> Those two guys, are one is left-handed, one is right-handed. Uh, one is basically a left-handed right-hander, though, I think. Um, that's probably the best way to describe Joe Smith. Oh, and they signed another guy, minor league deal. A guy who pitched as well. Everyone's a pitcher. Way to go. Yeah. But yeah, we're going to talk about uh, these little things, what they mean, and the kind of the on the dregs, the outsides, the outskirts of the forty-man roster, which obviously has um, has uh, uh, you know implications on the season coming up. Uh, it's also prospect time, which we talked a little bit about, kind of con- aggregating people's views of the minor league system, which I, we probably won't talk about anymore. Uh, and it's also it's projection time. It's uh, Pakoda Day it was just past week, which is always very exciting. We can maybe skim through those a little bit. Uh, and before we do that, of course, we'll talk about what we do here, which is we uh, talk about the Blue Jays for you. And uh, in exchange, some uh, listeners like to go over to patreon.com slash birds all day and help us keep going uh, with uh, some support, monetary support. A couple bucks a month keeps us going, keeps us living in the style to which we have grown accustomed. And uh, for that, we're eternally grateful. So thank you to everybody uh, for 100 episodes worth of um, micropayments. It's the way to go, really. It really is no, and and a hundred episodes. It's it's crazy that people have continued to support us this whole time, and they are they are heroes. I just like to read one name out. That's uh, uh, Steve Simmons. I think he's been a big supporter all all this time through. Really into uh, you know paying for content that he values. So uh, big shout out to Steve. You know, uh, this is of course speaking of getting paid. <laughs> uh, you have a new uh, venue that will be hosting your content this year. Uh, they can, of, of course, everyone can find you writing at Vice Sports, and they can find you writing at uh, 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 at the Athletic now. 
Yeah, which yeah. Is terrific. So, uh, occasionally, I'll have a piece on at the Athletic, but uh, I, you know, I'm I'm at Blue Jays Nation. They're the BlueJaysNation.com. They, you know, that's my bread and butter right there. So let's first not, and foremost, let's not let's not give them the short shrift here. That's where you're going to find all my stuff, and 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 if I have anything that I've done for Vice or for the Athletic, which is the new thing that uh, Steve is so into. Uh, <laughs> You'll still find it there, so uh, keep keep your browsers pointed in that direction. Those of you still who still use browsers, I don't know what the kids do. Uh, they still browse. Um, the big thing right now, yeah. everyone is, using, is is looking at using private browsing though, because uh, all of the um, in, the immense security apparatus that has been handed over to um, a team of white supremacists. Right. Uh, there's a lot of concern. So there's you see more and more people talking about like use Tor and things like that, um, which. The whole dark web thing, I just, I go to the worst place when I just assume that, like, the worst kind of things are going on. Like, people are trading organs or babies or something like that uh, on the the dark web version of buns. Instead of trading old TVs <laughs> yeah. for craft beer, they're trading, like, organs for babies. So, uh, it seems creepy, but it's good because you never know when the thought police will come knocking at your door. Uh, because they will at some point. Yeah, President President Drill's gonna uh, <laughs> gonna send the gendarme uh, <laughs> crashing down your door. Okay, sure. Uh, every, every Drill tweet could be <laughs> a Trump t- tweet, like one hundred percent. Can you imagine him walking through the Rose Garden, being like, "Who's gonna clean up all these leaves? The police!" Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's wonderful. With his with his, his sons, Eric Trump, Donald Trump Jr., and the dreaded Laramie <laughs> running his business concerns. Uh, anyway, these are interesting times we live in. Yes. Oh my goodness! Every time we get to do one, is we made it to a hundred. If we make it to one ten, I'll be shocked. About around, around one hundred five, it's going to go to like a survivalism podcast. <laughs> We're going to talk about like <laughs> like old cans are an excellent source of protein. <laughs> we'll be we'll be feral by about one twenty five or so. Yeah. It'll be pirate radio. It'll be passed hand to hand on old Miramax. <laughs> Memorex tapes. Uh, no, I've I've seen uh, what's the what's the Christian Slater movie? Uh, pump up the volume. Mm. I, I I think I could run a private a pirate radio station. A terrific movie at the time when I was very young, and I I wonder how well it would it would have aged. I watched it not that long ago, and I as much as it was dumb, I think it aged okay. And the music in it is is ridiculous. The Descendants are in that movie. I know that for it's sure. It's like a, there's a bunch of stuff that's like, oh, this is like a this is like a mainstream movie from 1990. Like these bands would not have like like touched a movie like that. Like nobody would have been putting that kind of stuff in in a movie uh, then. So that was kind of cool of them. Uh, it was, yeah, it was. There's sometimes I watched also, White Man Can't uh, Jump. Turns out we're old. I, I watched White Man Can't Jump the other day, and uh, <laughs> there were parts of it that had not aged as well. That um, does not surprise me. But there are parts of it that remained great. Uh, Wesley Snipes' I, Twitter what, feed, for example. Hmm? Wesley Snipes on Twitter. He's He kills it. He he's does. Not, he's not Val Kilmer, but he's good. Who among us? <laughs> right? Who among us? Uh, speaking of Val Kilmer, J.P. Howell has a cool beard. And he plays with Blue Jays now. And he, uh, what was that, a three or one-year deal with three million bucks? Is that what he helped himself to? I believe that's um, correct, yeah. Which is great. And uh, he, who did they, they had to DFA uh, another left-handed guy, right? Chad Gerardo, he's out off of the 40-man for now. They didn't have to DFA him, but that's who they chose to DFA for uh, for J.P. Howell to take a roster spot, yeah. Uh, Which is too bad. I guess. 
Was anyone pre- pretending that Chad Girotto was going to be anything? I mean, I guess he, he he had some time in the big leagues last year, and and he's he's been around. Well, I think that the the concern is that he has options, and like a I think I don't think Bo Schultz does, and maybe somebody else who's kind of at the bottom end of that. You know, the kind of guys who are going to be on that shuttle back and forth to Buffalo, which mm-hmm. is just the sort of the way it works now. Like, there's somebody, there's two or three guys who are going to sit, at the, sit on, the, on the roster and they're, they're going to be the, the, the eighth guy in the bullpen or the seventh guy in the bullpen, and they'll be up and they'll be down. And um, maybe, you know, having a Gerardo as, as insurance is good in case, I don't know, Aaron Loop is terrible or hurt or both or, you know, it's... It's always good to have an extra left-handed guy kicking around, I guess, is the thinking. Yeah, well, except that you had to get rid of that left-handed guy. Well, yeah, so it's good to have him, but not at the, you know, he's now come at the expense of, uh, you know, J.P. Howell, which is good because J.P. Howell is probably better than Aaron Loop, uh, which is good. (laughs) Setting the bar real high, yeah. But can we talk one one second? (laughs) There was was a, a local writer who will go unnamed in this minute, who has maybe been named earlier in earlier minutes, okay. who is lamenting the offseason of the Blue Jays, comparing it to the great coup that was Boone Logan for an American League rival. Like, let's be serious for a second. Boone Logan is not Andrew fucking Miller. The difference between Boone Logan and J.P. Howell or any of these other, even, Boone Logan's not that good. He's fine. But he, he's not lamentable. I'm not, not sitting around being like, yeah. dear God, not how the are they going to pull this back together? <laughs> well, and I think that getting Howell allowed you to get Smith, right? You got two guys for about the same price that Logan would have cost or close to it, right? For a, a bullpen that is uh, that was in the shape that the Blue Jays' bullpen was, I think choosing quantity over quality when the difference between the quality was so slim... It was the right move. Like, I mean, yeah, you can't... If, if your concern was go out and buy every expensive reliever, if that's how you're thinking about it, I mean, you just you haven't been paying attention to how the game really works uh, and how the Blue Jays' budget works, right? I mean, yeah. Not lamentable in the slightest. Also, to get to more of what you're saying, it's fucking Boone Logan. It's true. It's Boone Logan. It's not someone who anyone, any of us should ever lose sleep over. I don't think. Um, it's just, he's a guy. He's a left-handed guy. He's not even, you know, he's not in the league of Brett Cecil. Think, think, I think it's important to think about that comparison. That people were, were like dying at Boone Logan. They missed out on Boone Logan. Happy to see Brett Cecil go. The market, for what it's worth, valuated Brett Cecil so much higher than Boone Logan. In, in, by virtue of the enormous truck full of money they pulled up to the Cecil abode and <laughs> just kept dumping until it filled his pool. Like, that's no, nothing speaks higher to the difference in those two guys, but the perception of those two guys as the, as the offseason goes on shifts. So Cecil is replaceable. Boone Logan is uh, an era, an un, like a horrific, unforced error on the front office, which is just garbage. Just shut up. It's trash. I'm talking to myself now. I've built a straw man, and now I'm yelling at him. Uh, because that's what you get to do. We've done 100 episodes. There's no one left to yell at. Eventually, the straw man will uh, will shit on you for getting a new job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joe Smith. You mentioned Joe Smith. Joe Smith was really good a couple times. Yep. Uh, less so last year. I think that's fair to say. 
I think so, yeah. He, he was a little, little little, bitten by the old long ball, I think you could best to say last year. Uh, you could hope that maybe that's going to regress itself away and he's going to be good to go. But, you know, he's a side armor, which I like, right? Obviously, it's, it's fun. And I, I am a big proponent of having different looks and different angles uh, in your bullpen. But... The thing with Joe Smith and, and sidearm guys like that is when they're once they lose a bit of the snap on the slider or on that little frisbee thing, then they're just throwing bullshit cement mixer after bullshit cement mixer, and they get hit to fuck. Uh, which is my concern with Joe Smith because that which looks I, like that looks like exactly what was going on, basically. Uh, essentially, in as many words, yes. The interesting um, thing is, and I haven't, I, I think I threatened to do this, but then it's Joe Smith, so I don't care. But I probably should do something about this because what the hell else is there to talk about? Uh, until you know, pitchers and catchers report. But he he had 16 appearances with the Cubs. Uh, the strikeout rate went you know went right back up. It was he you know if you if you ignore the fact that he gave up like four home runs in 14 innings, uh, something happened when he went to the Cubs in terms of just that straight strikeout rate. His his ground ball rate completely disappeared. And we're looking at a, at a, a, a obviously small sample size. But uh, I'm looking at the sheet right now, or at his Fangraphs page, uh, 36% ground ball rate. He's a 50% guy uh, in his projections. 52 or 56% for his career was 54 with the Angels this year. So I don't know if he did something different, uh, but partially it seemed to work. But then also partially he got the ball hit. You know, was hit to fuck uh, a few times. Uh, and I think I mentioned this on Twitter, saying you know. Maybe the Jays saw something in that. Maybe it's like a Jay Happ kind of, oh, late season renaissance. It's a real fucking small sample. So it's probably more that they remember him in Cleveland. They are seeing what he's doing. They think they could tweak him back to something that, you know, resembled what he was when he was pretty decent with Cleveland, which uh, is totally fair. And it's not, you know, you can't complain about the money at all. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not Boone Logan money. That's for sure. But I mean... (laughs) How, how quickly we forget that they just pissed away $2 million on Franklin Morales to, like, sit on the DL last year. Uh, you know, this is... Literally the, pissed it away to, for him to do... Like, he did nothing. Absolutely right? nothing, yeah. And, I mean, that was not great. Not not exactly something you want to repeat, but it's... Uh, the money's pretty insignificant, and if you're going to take a flyer on a guy, that's that's a price that you can pay for somebody who's had a bit of a track record, and, and mm-hmm. you know, you're going to want to... You're going to have to outbid teams for these guys on the free agent market, and this seems like an interesting bet to make. I, 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 I'm intrigued by the way that they're building their bullpen with you know soft tossing kind of guys. So, you know, like uh, Howell is mid 80s, uh, uh, Smith here is he's you know just cracking 83 or sorry 80, 88 with his uh, with his fastball. Not exactly, uh, not exactly the big velocity kind of guys that that are uh, obviously. Uh, in fashion at this point uh but that's what you get for three million dollars to me the thing that i'm i'm take trying to find uh, and i I don't know that i will necessarily but i think if there's a way to look at his spin right and and to find out what kind of um uh you know again if if he's still able to to put that kind of snap on the ball because again otherwise it starts to Really get ugly. I mean, you look at his Brooks baseball thing. One one thing you see was a lot of his grooved pitch percentage. So he was leaving a lot of pitches out over the plate. Uh, And then those are the kind of balls that end up in the seats. And those are the kind of balls that probably did not, you know, that would kind of go up there and spin a little mushy, a little mushy on the, 
on the fastball or on the the slider. But uh, but yeah, like the risk is low, as you as you've just no- noted. They made the the Kendrys Morales Morales. Yeah, yeah, Morales. Ken- that's Kendrys Morales. Who's the other one? The other witch. Oh, Franklin Morales. Franklin Morales yeah. is the pitcher. Oh, Kendrys yeah. Morales is the, is the hitter. Uh, yeah, you take a shot. You're like, he throws hard. Maybe he's going to be okay. Now he's hurt. He pissed away the whole year. Whatever. Um, but yeah, like if there's an opportunity to give to give some of those guys um, different looks, uh, like I said, uh, you know, the you, I think that you could almost model this blue, what the maybe model what the Blue Jays are doing right now with their bullpen off off of what like the 2014 Giants did sort of uh, where you've got. Maybe you you put it now. In my mind, I've got Joe Smith in like the Sergio Romo kind of role, uh, and then you've got you know Osuna in the good pitcher role, and and then those Giants had you know <laughs> right. Uh, had, You'll probably have to walk me through the 2014 Giants bullpen a little bit. Uh, well, I mean, because they had they didn't have any. There were no big armed goons in that bullpen, right? Right. They they had uh, Santiago Casilla was the closer who was not as good as Osuna. Did they have they had, knuckleballer uh, uh, Brian Wilson at that point? No, not Brian Knuckleballer Brian Wilson had actually gone to pitch for the Dodgers at By that then, point. Yes, it's but right. they had uh, Jeremy Affeld and, and Javier Lopez, who who mm-hmm. both uh, Lopez just retired. Two guys, left-handed guys. Uh, Affeld threw, threw pretty hard by the end, but but Lopez, you know, was no fireballer. But they all got all these guys all had came from different angles. You know, they they were they were all quality pitchers, guys who were capable of making good pitches and and executing a good game plan when they went out there, and it worked for them. They won the World Series. Um, they also had in, in the in the playoffs. They had a reliever. His name was uh, Madison Bumgarner, and he was an unhittable monster who destroyed the souls of the Kansas City Royals, much to my delight. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's 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 something that I I'm always big on because it's uh, this is something that even Bill James talked about years ago about how like you know velocity is going to become more and more expensive. So finding these huge you know big armed goons, as I've said, that's hard to do, and those are expensive. Those that's a sought after ability. So if you can cheat your way around the edges and, and find some scrappy little dudes who can th- just throw shit at slop at that batter after batter go make for it. it work yeah absolutely if you can make it work and if, again if you don't if you're not overextended and you have money to be like okay well now we need to really bear down and pay some money for a big armed goon to come in and, and pitch alongside an osuna or whoever i'm all for that you know see again just get to june and july and then you see what's out there. And then maybe you find your Grilly. You know, you've got Grilly. Uh, maybe you find your, your You might your need Benoit, to find a new Grilly by June or July, but yeah. <laughs> but but I but you're right. They will. It, it doesn't really. And I think this is what bothers fans a lot. It doesn't really look like a World Series bullpen, especially after the you know what we saw in the playoffs this year. I think in a lot of people's minds, it's it's like well, you know you're going to go up against. Cleveland, you're going to get up against Boston with Osuna and Joe Smith and Biagini and Greeley, like, but that's not really how the regular season works, you know. It, uh, mm-hmm. These guys can, you're not playing the, game, the seventh game of the World Series every single night. These guys can be really effective for really long stretches, and they'll fuck up sometimes. But you know, you'll take the bad with the good, and and overall, I think it could be a half decent bullpen. Uh, I don't think anybody's trying to kid themselves about it being like this world-class, you know, Yankees at the start of last year kind of bullpen or anything like that. There's mm-hmm. no three-headed monster. But, uh, but yeah, I think you're right. I think it's a smart way to, to go about building it, getting guys who are cheap and who uh, there may be a, a market inefficiency for, uh, to use the, 
the buzzword of, of the last, you know, a decade ago. Uh, it makes sense, even though real unsexy moves, which is kind of what we thought would be happening all season anyway, or all winter anyway. Yeah, well, I think it comes back down to, it used to be teams paid for closers, which is to say they bought saves. Guy had a good year, got a bunch of saves, signed him to a big contract, off you go. And then now it's, you know, then it became, well, relievers are fungible, so don't spend any money on any of them. And then it was like, well, if we just get a bunch of really good pitchers, really good relievers, guys who are, you know, dominant, they could, we can build a really good bullpen like the Royals. And now, you know, the Blue Jays are kind of having to, because they've committed so much money to their position players, uh, they have to find cheap alternatives. And if it means guys who are soft tossers or guys who throw slop and guys who just manage to get people out and don't make you feel 100% confident, like they're going to, you don't go in there being like, is there, he's going to strike two out of three, these three batters out. But you get through the inning, and again, all the games in May count. Someone's got to get in there and get some outs against the Trash Royals or against the Mariners or whoever, what other dog shit team that you're up against in May. Joe Smith's your guy, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> okay, so I think... I think we've successfully beaten back the straw men that are that, that are ready to tear this bullpen apart and are going to lose their minds after the first, you know, couple blown saves. Count me among them, just for the <laughs> record. I'll be there, being like, "What the hell, Andrew Miller? He only makes nine million dollars a year. You couldn't have gotten that." Uh, so that means you don't <laughs> yeah, want to that, talk about the third the, string catcher. <laughs> not really. No. You wrote about the third string catcher. Did I write about the third string? Well, because they DFA'd AJ Jimenez. At, I, that's who, uh, to that, make room that's your boy Cam else. Lewis. That's that's Cam writing for Blue Jays oh, Nation. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting a, little, getting a little more daily support here this year. It's going to be good. It's going to be going to have some big big things on the horizon for Blue Jays Nation. Actually, is that a shot at me for not writing more for your site? Is that what just happened? No, 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 no. <laughs> that's just I, I. I'm just saying no. I'm just saying that uh, instead of. Well, John Lott's obviously with the Athletic this year, so uh, instead of like me and and Lott and and I mean Stacy's going to be back. Uh, I don't want to reveal too much of our plans, but I think we're just, it's just going to be we're going to have more stuff like that where there where there's someone who's doing the Charlie work, and then there's me, and then there's you. Yeah, I'm glad so, to hear that you're not. So I don't I don't do Charlie work. I don't do that that uh, third string catcher stuff. I do. Okay. He just he just got to it before I did. Because he is, uh, he is on, on the ball, whereas I am uh, old reliable here. Speaking of the catcher, the third string catcher who uh, we don't know, oh, it's that, the guy whose name sounds like a performance-enhancing drug. Um, oh, Gratterall, yeah. Gratterall, uh, because AJ Jimenez, who cannot hit, has been um, uh, DFA'd. He'll probably Whoa. go through, as, as Cam noted, he'll probably make his way through. I can't way. imagine teams are clamoring for AJ Jimenez, yeah. So. If he has the tools, if he's got those catch and throw guy, off you go. Uh, but the, <laughs> the guy the who's been in AAA since like 2010, yeah, yeah. The first string catcher, as it turns out, uh, is not going to be Canada's first string shortstop because he had surgery on his knee this winter. That's right, Russell Martin, surgery on his knee. Not sure why they wouldn't want to tell us that. <laughs> well, what does it matter to us? But uh, never, never a good. Um, Oh, well, not bad. It's just, it always makes your ears kind of perk up, right? Like, what? Yeah. Hold on. He had witch on his wear now? The I mean, there are, there are varying the degrees of, of knee surgery, but yeah, you're right. It's, yeah, yeah. It, it's they took his kneecaps off. They wriggled around inside <laughs> there with a the stick, and then they sewed that shit right back on. 
Yeah, well, that's an issue. No, I mean, the fact that he was willing to play shortstop probably says his knee is okay, though there's not as much crouching involved. Uh... But yeah, I mean, he looked banged up at the end of the year. So if it makes him better than what he was at the end of the year, I don't think uh, I don't think anybody's going to complain too much because he kind of, I'm sure we all remember, uh, went right deep into the fucking shitter there, <laughs> September and October. Uh, catching is really hard. Last yeah. year it was the thumb, right? He's like, oh well, his thumb's all fucked up, and that's why he can't hit. And now it's just it was just kind of like, oh, general malaise. There's a malaise that has come across his entire ravaged being. Uh, he is a shell of a man. Playing uh, through, he's on Gatter. He's on Gratterall all the time. He just can't. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, to speak of the catcher thing, I wrote a little bit about this this week. Was uh, uh, the Tony Blangino reports from Fangraphs the uh, hard contact quality reports or the contact mm-hmm. quality reports? Uh, I think Martin ranked fourth among AL catchers in, in terms of his adjusted, uh, like weighted runs created plus, basically based on his contact quality as opposed to actual results mm-hmm. um which is probably better than he would rank based on wrc plus uh itself i haven't looked but you know he kind of had a down year he was dog shit at the start and dog shit at the he, end he's pretty he good did for go months, oh but... for april and oh for may it seemed <laughs> and and oh for a lot of september as well he was pretty, he was real good in the intervening four months unfortunately the season is six months long uh but what i thought was interesting was and, and this is what i pointed out in the i think a daily deuce piece i wrote about this was that uh chris Ayanetta, Ionetta, however the fuck you're supposed to say it, uh, topped that list, which was kind of a surprise, I think, to people, obviously, because he's dog shit. Uh, but he was also a guy that the Jays had been rumored to be talking to quite a lot this year, and I think partly that's because he shared an agent with Jose Bautista. So at the winter meetings, it was like, oh, is it, are they, they're talking to JLU, and it's like, oh, it could be talking about uh, somebody other than Bautista. Uh, but what was interesting about that is that if that's a guy that they targeted and... Uh, and Kedris Morales also graded out really well based on those reports. Uh, maybe that's saying something to us about how the the, uh, the how the Blue Jays view you know the kind of stats that they use the view, the way they view hitting. Maybe that's maybe what Blangino is doing there in terms of uh, creating that is something that is valuable internally to uh, to a team like the Jays and therefore uh, something worth paying attention to. That's very interesting. Uh, Tony Blangino, he used to work in a front office, if I he did, yeah. uh, recall did correctly. He have, did he have to do something with the Jack Z mess in, uh, in Seattle, I believe? All but inevitably. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it, it also goes into, uh, I, I shared this on Twitter uh, this week, a great piece that Ben Lindbergh wrote uh, at the, uh, for The Ringer about how teams are trying to guard their proprietary information. And I think a lot of it uh, comes down to the fact that there is precious little proprietary information especially mm-hmm. as, pl- as as individuals move um, from organization to organization they're taking off, passwords off with them and <laughs> well le- less yeah. that and and more like what whose ip is this or and even if it's not like okay let's reverse engineer the system that they had before but it's you know everybody is working off of the same you know using a lot of the same methods even if they're not slicing the uh, slicing the the loaf of bread the exact same way. There's only so much information and data out there, and, and as the data uh, becomes more voluminous through through um, Statcast, it becomes more about like how do you parse it, how do you store it, how do you how, what kind of sense do you make of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but uh, I don't I don't find that what I'm trying to say is the fact that uh, Blagino uh, or or Blangino is like, yeah, this is how we do it, or this is this is what these are the numbers that I've got. Uh, I think that's a very fair conclusion for you to jump to have jumped to. 
Uh, so kudos to you, hey, sir. All right. All uh, right. Chris Onetta does suck, though. It, there's no <laughs> there's no getting around that. Uh, he, he Contact yeah. reports good. Contact an issue. Uh, it's the uh, Justin Smoke <laughs> corollary. I, su- I suppose that's true. Also, uh, the, the framing and, and everything else is not a, not great for him either, I believe. Oh, he's bad at that. Yeah. I, also uh, bad is our, our, our pal Salty. Yeah, he's bad at everything. Yeah. You talk about contact. That boy never puts the bat on the ball. Uh, it is interesting, Chris Iannetta. I remember talking to the Zoobs about this uh, years ago. Chris Iannetta represented the United States in the 2009 World Baseball Classic. Mm-hmm. And I remember the Zoobs saying that he and his dad were watching BP. And Chris Iannetta was just like destroying everything. And they were like, yep, that guy, a star. Less uh, so. Uh, Russell Martin not going to be on the, on the World Baseball Classic. The Canadian World Baseball Classic team. Uh, one really cool thing, Freddie Freeman. Uh, is going to play for Canada. He's going to be the starting first baseman, presumably ahead of Justin Morneau, uh, because a very nice story that Freeman shared on Twitter, where his um, his parents were his parents are Canadian, and they and he was born in Edmonton, and I think he got married in Canada. So he, but he you know grew up in California, lived his whole life there. But he's still a Canadian on the inside, and it's a, it's one of those like uh, he's doing it for his mom sort of thing, uh, which is great. It's great to have. Uh, Freddie Freeman representing Canada at the World Baseball Classic because the rest of the team is just so fucking bad. <laughs> just unbelievable that that is the team that they're putting out there and they're putting that goddamn leaf on their shirt. On their oh, shirt. God love them, though. I don't know. I, I'm with, I put this in my, my post where I saved the World Baseball Classic. I don't know if you saw that. But uh, uh, Cespedes Barbecue. Cespedes Family Barbecue. I'm with those guys who are mm-hmm. just like Eric Gagne. Like, goddamn. Like... Let's see it. Eric Gagne. All the Gagne. I want all the Gagne I can possibly get. Eric Gagne. Like, this might be bigoted of me, okay. but Eric Gagne being like, yeah, I'll pitch, uh, is like the most French-Canadian thing I've ever heard of in my entire <laughs> life. Like, Eric, you've been pitching in like in like the Quebec semi-pro league. We're like, that's oh, fine. I can do it. Who cares? It's fine. It'll be great. And out he goes. Some, take me some Gratterall and I'll be good to go. <laughs> Um, but the rest of the Ryan Dempster is doing the same sort of thing too, which is just, I mean, he left in a, in a different situation, I think. He sure did. Yeah. He kind of left the game under slightly different circumstances. So there could (laughs) be some gas left in that tank. Uh, I'm expecting some, like what I'm really looking forward to seeing is the boilers that Dempster and Gagne are going to be rocking out there on the field. Pete Orr, Pete Orr didn't play last year. He's on the team as well. All right. Um, because somebody needs to play the middle infield, right? Especially with Russell out. Yeah, with the starting shortstop on the shelf, <laughs> nursing his knee injury, uh, and Brett, no, Brett Laurie also a little odd. Um, Would you voluntarily he, hang out with Brett Laurie? <laughs> he's he's saving up for the World Two on Two Basketball Championships. So that's that's his real focus in, in March. Is going to be getting to. Uh, he's he's got to get his he's got to get on Jeopardy. He's got to get his significant other on Jeopardy. So he's going to win a basketball tournament. Um, <laughs> Uh, the one, the one thing that I, I keep coming back to, and that um, uh, everyone, the guy, I think the guy that people will be talking about, especially if you listen to uh, Canadian baseball legend herself, Alexis Brudnicki, is uh, Tyler O'Neill. He's going to save us all. He's he is the he is the the truth and the light, and we will all see it at the end of this tournament after Canada plays three games and then goes the fuck home because they are going to get shellacked. <laughs> this is true. I'm very curious um, about o- O'Neill actually because. Uh, Keith Lawfield did a lot of questions about him because he left us him off his top 100, and he O'Neill is is much better rated by other people. And I think Law was basically saying, 
Like he's all you know, he's he's twenty one or some ridiculously young age, but already like a complete brick shit house. Like he's fucking jacked. And he's like, There's no projection there. Like he's not he's not filling out that that body anymore. So you can't treat him like another prospect, I think is what he thinks. So it's like it's not like there's 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 uh, physical projection still left in him, which is why he rated him less as a prospect. Now one hopes that's not the case. Uh but it'll be interesting to see because apparently he's the truth and the and the and the light. It'll be interesting for me to see because I just listening to what you said and and knowing, you know, reading Keith Law for so many years and having a great uh, holding him in high high esteem. Uh, but the one guy that I remember Keith Law missing on particularly is a guy that sounds a little bit similar, and that's Paul Goldschmidt. I knew you were going to say so, Paul Goldschmidt. So yeah. maybe Tyler O'Neill. Is America's is Canada's first baseman? There you go. Soon, there you go. Tyler O'Neill, Paul Goldschmidt. <laughs> I think we already have a first guy. baseman. That's he's, true. He's got to work on some stuff. Uh, so who was it? I think it was. <laughs> I can't remember who exactly who it was on Twitter. Someone said the most amazing thing, which is we were talking about <laughs> about um, about about Votto not playing for Canada. That's because Joey Votto lives to fuck with baseball fans. That's the only thing he wants to do ever. Is just like. Oh, it was Mark Norman did. He just wants to like <laughs> screw with people and yeah. make them angry. <laughs> I like it. And I, I love it. I, I won't, wouldn't have it any other way. Other than the only other way I would have it would be if Joey Votto did play for Canada. That was another another way to have it. You can play left field, you can play first, third base, whatever you want to do, man. Just get out there. Um, another player making, uh, showing, two other Blue Jays are playing in the in the world. Well, six Blue Jays in total are playing in the World Baseball Classic. Uh, two, one of them is representing the American side, Marcus Stroman. Yeah, there you go. Good is for he, him. Is he? Yeah. I, see, I haven't really looked at any of this shit. Because the he World is. Baseball Classic can maybe fuck off. You are wrong. It is amazing. It's, I am I am uh, a, like a lunatic. <laughs> I am a I am I am a morosi level stan for the World Baseball Classic. I love every second of it. You said that last week too. And honestly, I as I wrote today, it's I I partly because of the grim Team Canada roster, it, it feels like it's going to be a chore, and it's just, it's not, you know, it's like the World Hockey Championships when the fucking NHL playoffs are going on, you're like, you know, why do I give a shit about this? This is like, this doesn't really prove anything. It's just a bunch of guys playing in a bunch of exhibition games, frankly. The hell it does! But then, but then when you get in, once you get into it, you get into it. So I, I, I see that. Once I once I get me some Gagne, uh, <laughs> it's, it's all going to change, I think. I but, I, I, but I assure you, I have not looked. I did no idea Marcus Stroman was going to pitch for the states. I've probably said this a hundred times on a hundred different podcasts. We've done a hundred of these episodes, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if I've said it every time. Not true. I'll never forget Philippe Beaumont coming in in that game against the Americans, and I don't mm-hmm. remember. Uh, I don't. Okay, I will forget who he was facing. But he struck out like I think he struck out the side. He came with the base loaded, struck out at least one guy, maybe two. Got an infield pop up and got Canada out of this crazy jam, and he lost his mind. He was like 19 at the time, eight feet tall, Quebecer. All these, his family was sitting like right down the third baseline, losing their minds. The place went bananas. That was the best, the best game, one of the best games I've ever been to was that Canada U.S. World Baseball Classic game in 2009. That the U.S. won. That Adam Dunn, that lazy prick, hit a home run <laughs> that I swear almost like knocked down the left center field bleachers like the 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 100 levels in the left center field it was like a missile um but it was great I, i'll never forget that game it was amazing it was uh it was the best baseball moment that as a you know as a single game between literally the strike and the the 2015 run 
Absolutely. It really Absolutely. was. Like, that was the best. And it, I remember being struck by how it just it felt like it was a homecoming for people who actually liked baseball because it was right in the middle of, like, the dog shit Godfrey era and, like, uh, and, like the Toonie Tuesdays and there was, you know, the rowdy crowds or the empty crowds or it was, it, you know, it was people coming for a party or people who were there just to, you know, who didn't give a shit and it was tepid and garbage. Uh, and, you know, you'd, you'd have a full crowd on opening night. Uh, and people would lose their absolute shit, but they were they weren't really there to watch baseball. Like it was a crowd full of people that were actually excited about the game, not about mm. I'm getting shit faced at the ballpark just to say that I'm doing this and I don't really care. Like they were emotionally invested and focused on what was happening on the field, uh, and it was great because it felt like that was something that you know maybe that's what it was like. I didn't, especially at the times I went as a kid. I don't remember you know what the atmosphere was quite like in the in the glory days. Uh, so I, I don't know, but it felt like that's what it must have been like when the team was really good and when it was about going and seeing the game and not just about being a fucking shit heel in the stands. Uh, and that had been gone for a really long time. And so that that game, yeah, it was fucking incredible. It was great. Joey Votto played in that game. Russell Martin was on that team. Uh, Votto won four for five and, and hit a massive home run. I'm reading like a, a gamer of this game that happened eight years ago. Oh, my God. That was eight years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the thing with Canada is they had no pitching, right? They they had nobody to pitch. And Mike Johnson gave up two home runs. I mean, and oh, and JJ Putts was the American closer. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> um, another player who the Blue Jays did not let—they were not not let, but they were like, don't play in the World Baseball Classic. Who's playing this year? Jose Bautista, mm-hmm. which is great. Well, he, I, doesn't, I, he doesn't give a shit what they think at this point. No, they can go fuck off as far as he's concerned. I, I have a, 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 a an image in my mind of Jose Bautista trying really, really, really hard to like fill David Ortiz's shoes and like be the David Ortiz for the team <laughs> and having no one have want anything to do with that shit. Yeah, that's not, that's not going to work for him. But I can I, I can entirely see what you mean. Um, I, I mentioned Jose Bautista not because of the World Baseball Classic, but because as I mentioned earlier. Uh, the Pocota, Pocota came out this week. Baseball Prospectus is um, uh, famous with a small f uh, projection system that uh, you know uses weighted means and and, and averages to uh, base a million different factors and kind of project a player's project not predict player's production in the coming year. And uh, Pocota, <laughs> and it turns out Hillary's going to win. Well, <laughs> but that's the thing; they're projections. <laughs> Uh, Pocota, like all the other projection systems, no matter which way you cook the books, which are, what kind of math you use, uh, love, love Jose Bautista. And then if you, and then you mentioned, uh, the, the Blanchino, uh, you know, hit con- contact quality data, uh, Bautista is the guy that came uh, famously in that too. So there's a lot of reason, a lot of reasons for optimism. If you're just looking in the spreadsheets. Uh, at the, the upcoming year for Jose Bautista, uh, in that true, they they don't play the game in the spreadsheets, unfortunately. No, that's true. And uh, Craig Calcaterra had made a made a good tweet, um, which was his on Pocota Day, which is today is the day Pocota projections come out and get mocked by guys who uncritically parrot Bovada or Bovada ads about or odds <laughs> about things that'll happen in 2018. Right. Which is uh, which is a very fair point. Fair play to him. I, I would not argue with that, but. Uh, yeah, Bautista. So the the projections love Bautista. They like Russell Martin a lot. I you know I was encouraged by what I saw 
in terms of um, uh, uh, Russell Martin at the at the plate. The, the Pakoda is bullish, maybe on on Martin. Um, you know, swinging the bat, swinging the bat well. Twenty three home runs uh, in their crystal ball, slugging over four hundred, which is always nice. Uh, which is uh, again, it's so much health is such a, a factor for catchers that it's a little bit easy to to hold your nose and 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 be like yeah yeah this is great this is great i i like what i see but obviously health is a huge factor for a catcher uh they see you know they project bounce back for tulowitzki um nice nice numbers for for pierce and then when you get into these younger players you start looking at the the the, the player comparisons dalton pompey gets a, gets a michael saunders slapped on him which is a little bit like the uh you know the scarlet letter in its own way <laughs> a little yeah perhaps a little bit uh interesting not to to take away from Pakoda because I hope we're going to shit on how it looked at the Blue Jays pitchers uh, but Pompey going to play for Team Canada which we were talking in the World Baseball Classic we were just talking about and Saunders is not Saunders uh, apparently oh a new team in Philadelphia I, Dalton Pompey quit that shit go win yourself a job that's my advice to Dalton yeah? Pompey unsolicited advice I wonder I wonder if that has been factored in I wonder if he thinks well I'm not going to win a job so well, he should win a goddamn job. Well, that, I I think that the odds of him winning the job might be slim. Yeah, we kind that's of... That's the case. Yeah, we talk about the left field mess every fucking week. Because it's a mess. It is a mess. I was making fun of the Yankees playing Chris Carter and Aaron Judge as a platoon. And then Mike Aziz just clapped back and May was like, well, at least you got... With B.J. Epton and, and Zeke Carrera, you got the same strikeouts, but none of the power... Uh, which was a bummer. This is true. Chris Carter plays for the Yankees now. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, I feel he's going to strike out a lot. I don't think he'll have a lot of time to play. I don't know what he, what he, why he wants to go play for the Yankees. They're lousy with guys that do that job. Greg Bird. I guess it, it beats Japan. I don't know. I'd go. I'd go fucking play in Japan in a heartbeat over being behind Greg Bird on the damn Yankees bench. Matt, and Matt Holiday. Matt Holiday. Here's my my grave prediction for 2017. Matt Holiday is going to rake. He's going to be a monster, and it's going to drive me bananas. And also, he and uh, and Brett Gardner are going to do like a weird twins thing where they're going to like walk around and pretend they're the same guy all the time because they look exactly the same. Uh, anything else? Yeah. So the pitchers, the Pakota hates the pitching. Yeah. The Blue Jays pitchers, which is um, you don't like. Well, I I mean, I understand it. I think that's the, you know, the value of some of the projection systems is that it, it, not just that you take at face value whatever they say, but that it gives you the opportunity to think about why they're saying what they say and and think about what, you know, the pitcher actually does that might, that might make the the system wrong or might make you a little more bullish on him than the system is or or bearish. And and I think it was like the five starting pitchers for the Jays combined to like 4.2 warp. For uh, from Pakoda combined mm-hmm. for those guys, which is which is completely ridiculous. Obviously, um, you know uh, you could go case by case through why they might uh, be like that. Like the, like I say, I think Sanchez looked all right, but he's got such a small track record, and you got mm-hmm. uh, Hap. I think we said off air is getting old. He also doesn't have a lot of good J Hap in this track record. He has a lot of bad J Hap, so I can understand you know a formula. And, and, and I'm a little surprised at Hap. I'm a little yeah. surprised that it's come down so harshly on him, but again, he is, uh, I believe, thirty. He's just thirty-four. 
playing his age thirty four season, so you know they they can yeah it's getting up there build some build some of that uh, that decline in there. But again, he's been he was so good. I mean, I guess, I guess it's only a year and a half, and you don't want to overweight that compared to the year and a half that preceded it, in which he was not great. But but uh, yeah, I, I I agree on Sanchez that his minor league track record and his big league track record is not is not super. So it's easy to uh, sour on him as a guy who, uh, of course, we all know used to walk the ballpark. Yeah. Um, one of his one of the provide three names. Excuse me, like comparisons. Um, one of Aaron Sanchez's top comps, Marcus Stroman, <laughs> <laughs> which is very odd, but sure. One of Marcus and Marcus Stroman's number one comp is Sonny Gray, which is like, come on, yeah. like that's bigoted. That is like Dakota. <laughs> it's supposed to be science, and there they're just throwing slurs around. That's really embarrassing. And the big, other one for, uh, for big bigoted bigoted. It's more like smalleted. Oh, oh my God. dear Christ! Yeah. Uh, how's this grab you? Mm-hmm. For his number two comparison, Ubaldo Jimenez. Ugh. Yeah, they are. They, <laughs> which which I never wanted. Obviously, they are very different. Ubaldo being very large, and he used to throw like ninety-seven miles an hour. But they they both have that like kitchen sink. Here's a thousand pitches that I'm going to throw all the time, which. I don't want to think about it anymore. No, that sounds that sounds terrible. That's that's very bad. Roberto Osuna's top comp: Jose Fernandez and Chris Sale. That sounds like the kind of pitcher who should not be a reliever. Yeah, that's exactly what that is. Um, but yeah, again, so between between Estrada uh, uh, aging and Estrada being that sort of as you called him off air, the fit proof. Sort of guy and uh, and and hap aging and whatever else. Uh, it's not it's not encouraged by the Blue Jays pitching staff. Although it does seem to really like Francisco Liriano, which uh, who can blame them? Yeah, he's terrific. He's great. Based on the few weeks I saw him, saw him as a Blue Jay, he's fantastic. Remember when he got hit in the head? That was bad. Oh shit! Yeah, that was a thing. I forgot about that. Um, but yeah, and, and as we went through, you know, Grilly is, it's, it's so hard, especially, I mean, Jason Grilly's 40 years old. Damn. He's born in 1976. Good for you, Jason Grilly. That's, Get that's it. true. <laughs> but also, didn't look that great at the end of the year. His number one cop, Octavio Dotel. Remember him? Old friend Octavio Dotel. <laughs> Don't ask Dotel, yeah. <laughs> he played for the Blue Jays. How sure cool did. is that? Yeah. He was in the, didn't he, he went in the, uh, or he came in the Colby Rasmus, Jason Fraser trade. I believe no, Jason so. Fraser went to Chicago. He was the, part of the Edwin Jackson return. That's right. What a time. What a trade. Think back. So we, another thing we were talking about, you and I were talking about before, was uh, the, I shared a clip of like a 2009 Roy Halladay start, which the, the team in line behind him, man, Scooter Road short. Hill at second, I believe, because it was a start in September that Travis Snyder was playing right field, and Vernon Wells in center. Got him. Imagine like Adam Lynn was playing the outfield. Adam Lynn still doesn't have a job. Are we surprised? A little bit. He was so bad last year, though. He's very bad. He, you know, when he left, it was like he could really hit right-handed pitching. That should be worth something. It turns out that's. Not. <laughs> and so, I mean, just listening to the, to the lineup that was behind Halliday that day, like, my God, the defense, like, the way 
the way that's changed in the Statcast era and in you know, the way people think about it now, I think I mean, that would be that seems crazy to me. Marco Scudero, Aaron Hill, Wells when he was past it, Snyder, Lynn in the Wells outfield. was okay. Two thousand and that was well the end of Wells, wasn't it? Two thousand nine was his last year. Yeah, I think so. Was it? Because well, that was Halliday's last year yeah. too. No, I think Wells was there for one more year. No, but, no, maybe not. Because because uh, what's his name did the no no you're right you're right Wells played in two thousand Wells was replacement level in two thousand and nine by the way he played one hundred and fifty eight games and had oh yeah eighty four run, weighted runs created plus <laughs> while providing the typical Vernon Wells defense in center field and then he was good the next year and then he got traded. God, I love those angels. God, remember in 2008, he had 20 home runs. He was the only Blue Jay hit 20 home runs. That to me uh, Yeah. Uh, yeah. They really fucked up. It was a dark days. Even though that 2018 was good. Yeah, I don't that understand. Was, yeah. Anyway, this is, we're rambling now. We really are. We really are. We really are. Anything else? Yeah, you work for the, the, the Athletic, the Blue Jay signed Jake Elmore. We talked about that. He's, the, he's an utility guy on a minor league deal. Yeah. Maybe it works. Maybe he doesn't. Doesn't. You know, hopefully, hopefully it does. Hopefully he pushes Ryan Goins uh, for the backup utility guy role. I wonder. I wonder. Would, do you think they would carry a guy, a guy like Elmore and Barney? Probably. I mean, you have, when you have Devin Travis and Troy Tulowitzki as your middle infield combo, I, I think you probably need a couple backups, yeah. But do you think... Uh, I... I I am unconvinced of Darwin Barney's ability to play shortstop, and I don't know that that's based on anything. Just sort of where I am right now. Well, then he's going to be tough to make the roster, really. If everybody's healthy, then it feels right now, I think, like, Goins would end up having to go through waivers. Or unless it's Barney, but they they paid him in uh, in arbitration. So yeah. that could be interesting. I mean, it's just a numbers game if you start you know, going through the list, which I've done a few times. Uh, I think it's going to be difficult for him. So that makes, you know, Elmore, it's an even bigger task for him. But mm-hmm. we'll see. I mean, I, I think the those guys are also cheap and so, uh, you know, replaceable, for lack of a word. You know, they brought in Jonathan Diaz as well as a, a shortstop for Buffalo who could theoretically take that kind of role as well, even though he's somehow even worse with the bat. Like, they, they got some options there. <laughs> he is not a big leaguer. No, I don't think so either. But, but at that point, you know, what's the difference between hitting oh two five and hitting fucking one hundred? There's a mm. difference. It's about seventy five points. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. It should be interesting. I, I think, and we've said a couple. I said like last week or a couple weeks ago. There, there's interesting position battles to to keep our eye on this spring. Uh, especially interesting with you know some guys spread around at the the WBC. It's going to give some extra uh, spring training time for guys. It's going to get there's going to be some trash starters getting starts there in the middle of spring training, which which could make things a little bit interesting too. That's so unlike spring training. Yeah, well, yeah, but even more so, even more so with you know guys, you know Stroman's not going to be there. Uh, other teams going to have guys missing as well. It's true. I don't know. I don't know. It's spring training. It's going to be trash. But but yeah, that's how that all shakes down that last spot on the roster. Exciting as it is. 
Wait a minute, Jay Happ is playing in the World Baseball Classic too? Huh, how about that? And Estrada with his half a back? Running around in the, playing from Mexico? Roberto Osuna. I don't know. Estrada wasn't going to do it. Is Estrada going to do it? Apparently. This was. Oh, well, they're on the roster. See, this was earlier today, this was posted. Huh, we're going to see some real scrubs in Dunedin then. Uh, Marco Get ready Estrada should pitch Mike no Olson. more than he ever needs to. Marco Estrada should only this. pitch. Marco Estrada should not pitch at all in spring training, just show up on uh, on opening day. Who's going to start on opening day? They're gonna, are they going to let Sanchez do it? I think so. You think so? Shouldn't he? But Strowman is brand. That's going to get dicey. <laughs> it's already dicey, apparently. But then they said they're cool. Uh, it's dicey. This is so fraught. The whole thing. <laughs> yeah. They should just let Hap do it. He won't even notice. Go pitch on opening day. Okay. Wanders out. <laughs> Seven innings. Three strikeouts, one walk. No big deal. Uh, Strange that, yeah. that, that that's how you'd characterize a Jay Hap start, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right, because he used to be kind of bad. I take three seven innings, three strikeouts, one walk. Oh yeah, no, I'm just saying the old Jay Hap would be like four and two thirds, <laughs> five walks. Um, and I don't Roberto Osuna. He won. He was honored in Mexico for being like the Mexican athlete of the year. Is that not accurate? I believe that's true. Yeah, Got, good for like, him. Met the met the president. Not nah. the president that just blasts <laughs> President <laughs> Drill all day long. The other, the, the current president, not yeah, the, the former one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, that's great. Good for Bruno Suda. I hope he gets to um, pitch as a starter yeah. one day. Me too. <laughs> I want that more than anything. He doesn't seem into it though. I I, I've heard he might be into it. Uh, I think the team has to be bad for a spell for that ever to you know the wheels to get in motion. It may just. It may. The horse may be out of the barn at this point, which is that, fine, but it's not fine. No, it's not. It's not fine, but it'd be nice. be nice if he was a starter. He's very good. Mm-hmm. He's very, very good. You need to have a, a, someone who can pitch in the bullpen. Joe Biagini, closer of the future. Multiple inning guy. Fireman. Going to pitch three innings every other night. That's if they don't shorten the games. They're going to shorten the games to seven innings. Have you, heard, have you seen this? I have seen this, yeah. The overtime thing? I mean, they're not going to do Overtime, extra innings. It might as well be overtime. Like, dog shit. <laughs> Unacceptable. Like, somebody point, put a, a scenario. So Madison Bumgarner is pitching on the road. He's got a perfect game into the 10th inning. Runner starts on second base. Next guy up, ground ball to the right side. Runner moves to third. Next guy up, suicide squeeze. Game over. Madison Baumgartner pitches a perfect game, loses one nothing. Fuck that. That can never happen. <laughs> That's not real. I'm fine with that. Whatever. You, you said this, didn't you? Did you? Was this your public take? This is not that bad. I don't care. Yeah, it's it, it's not. I wouldn't do it, but it's fine. Whatever. Do it's it. not fine. It's totally it's not fine. fine. Somebody somebody came back with kind of a similar thing. Like, oh, yeah, you're not going to get a walk off in the in the wild card game. It'd be like sack flies. It's like, well, that's that's like one very tiny scenario that's almost certainly not going to end up happening anyway. It's fine. well, you wouldn't use those gimmick joke rules in the playoffs. Did I, I, the well, so hockey? Even, they play so three on three in overtime. Off. How is that allowed? 
You want to go to a shootout like bullshit soccer? Just take the, it's a tie. Just walk off, walk home. Three on three is not like that is not. You've destroyed the credibility of the product at three on three. I don't care how much fun it is to watch them chase Eric Carlson around for five minutes. It's trash. It's so bad. Why? Why have anything? Why have why? Nothing matters. Nothing matters. If if that's your attitude, then nothing matters. <laughs> I disagree. I. I found the game the game on canada day that went like fucking 19 innings mm-hmm. uh, interminable it was it was fun at times but it was like people just groaning get this fucking thing over with so we can get on with our lives the longest game in franchise history so one time you in used madison bumgarner throwing a perfect game and losing as your as your counter like it's because he could it's a lot more likely that a guy carries a perfect game into the tenth inning. <laughs> the game is an inconveniently long. That's garbage. I think they should keep it as is, but I wouldn't. I would. They should not keep it as if is. They, if if they changed it, I would be like, eh, whatever. It's fine. Why don't they ask Jeffrey Loria, who bought into the Expos for twelve million dollars, Jesus Christ, and now is going to sell his team for one point six billion dollars? Ask him what's wrong with baseball. You know what he'll tell you? He'll tell you nothing. He'll shove a fistful of diamonds in your mouth and tell you to get out of his face. That's what he's going to do. Nothing wrong with baseball. In fact, I think it's terrific. So much so that I'll talk about it for 57 minutes with literally nothing going on. (laughs) Seems like, yeah. Seems like. All right. That's it. We're done with this. Uh, For Mr. Andrew Stoughton, my name is Drew Fairservice. We will probably talk to you next time on Birds All Day.